As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's go downstairs to Tom Rodaldi. He's got Andy Reid. Andy, you scored on every possession of the second half. What was the difference? Well... Uh, I'll give the credit to the big old line and to Pat Mahomes and all those guys around him. Eric Bieniemy was phenomenal also. Patrick Mahomes clearly hindered. What does he continue to show in these efforts, Andy? Well, he's the MVP. I mean, that's all that needs to be said, right? MVP. And he saw it tonight. What does the moment mean to you, Andy? It means a lot. I could kiss you right now, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Once again... The Kansas City Chiefs are world champions. I didn't feel the need to come up with a grand introduction for this episode of Times Ours here on The Athletic because between Nate Taylor, who is in Arizona and has made it back to hometown here in Kansas City, with Seth Kaiser and myself, Joshua Briscoe, here with you, I just feel like we're going to have plenty to fill out the hour with. The Chiefs are champions. Patrick Mahomes is both the NFL MVP and the Super Bowl MVP. And if it was a weird game, fellas, it was a different type of weird game where there was just a lot of really good football and the Chiefs came out on top. I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this game because it really lived up to the hype in pretty much every way I think I could have asked for. Uh, I can't imagine what it was like to be there in person, though, Nate. Hello, everyone. Yes, we will get to the confetti portion of this podcast (laughs) relatively soon, but you know, this is one of the rare calls to action that uh, is required. You need to listen to the show if you would like to receive confetti. Uh, there's going to be a link that we will give out uh, later in the show so that you can. Um, oh, nice put, touch. Yeah, put your put your information in because um, Holly, my wife, is smart and doesn't <laughs> want to do the process the way we did it uh, in 2020. <laughs> Haphazardly. Yes. Uh, or trial by error like just you know (laughs) big you know obviously huge credit to Lindsay jones used to be our colleague now with the ringer i did get to to hang out with her for a few uh for a few moments uh in arizona during super bowl week but no man the game was um the game was highly entertaining i was fortunate enough that i felt like there was more confetti on the field following Last night's game than there was in 2019 or, you know, obviously early 2020 in Miami. The field in Miami was also wet, which I guess is just, you know, whatever the conditions were. Obviously, uh, maybe there was more, you know, Gatorades uh, being <laughs> being used. But uh, the field was pretty dry, despite the fact that everybody slipped on it. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of nervous to walk out there because I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't need to be tweaking anything myself. It's just... There are these moments, right? Because we've all watched this team. Um, you know, we've covered it in the four years of this podcast existence. The Chiefs have won two championships. So it was really in, I think, early in the fourth quarter. And you just kind of hear it just kind of murmuring out, like, you know, just little pockets of conversation. Hey, are they about to take the lead? Mm. Like, yo, like, they're only down six? And once that has occurred, it it really made it seem like experience was going to matter 
that coaching was going to be heightened even more in the last 15 minutes of the game. But they went on a run that was similar to like Warriors basketball in a moment where all of a sudden the Eagles look up and they're down eight, even though you felt like they were the perhaps the better team for large stretches of the game. But this is this was truly a Super Bowl for the Times R's crew. Um, can I just can I just sh- you know we gonna get to Patrick Mahomes obviously, but Josh. We just watched Jordy Fortson win a Super Bowl. My favorite on, thing. On the field. Playing yeah. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blocking people off the edge and sealing the perimeter for Kadarius Tony. Oh, yeah. Marcus Kemp. I'm not always when you want me, but I'm <laughs> always on time. Okay? <laughs> the ability... For Andrew Wiley to talk his talk after just smothering Hassan Riddick. Mm-hmm. For Colin Saunders, the most athletically freakish defensive lineman perhaps in the entire league. You're supposed to give up six yards there. Mm-hmm. He got a sack. Mm-hmm. He got the first sack in the Super Bowl. <sighs> And this person, you know, we've been, we've been, we, 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 we've tried to be fair. I think we've tried to be gentle at times. I think we've tried to, you know, temper people's expectation because look, we all enjoy violence and we all enjoyed the sound bite when he said it. Mm-hmm. This man got a shout out today from Mina freaking Kimes. Nice. Leo Chanel. <laughs> Son. Even you, even in coverage, you was out there covering him. It's a, it is a true team sport. Mm-hmm. And Leo Chanel says, "Where to be gaps? Because I'm a be in them." Steve Spagnola was like, "Oh no, no, no! We are sending you straight forward." Right into those B gaps, like <laughs> coach. They might try to run the ball. Nah, oh, they might, nah. but we are sprinting 18. at that thing. Like, how? What if they climb to the second level? You ain't gonna be at the second level. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's exactly what he told him. Why would we let them pull when we could just shoot? <laughs> like, it's um, it's. I mean, Noah Gray. You know, I just. All the guys who need to serve their roles. Obviously, Jarrett McKinnon putting his own individual glory for the team's glory to not give the Eagles a chance to obviously um, have their own sort of comeback drive. Um, I mean, it's... I mean, Justin Watson missed one game. Came back and was like, yeah, I'm going to get open. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, Darius Slay. I'm going to get open. I'm just the fifth receiver on the team. And then, of course, Kadarius Tony. I mean, the, the list goes on, but it is um, it's a great sport. It was a great game. I know we're probably going to get to the call as well um, from the officiating standpoint, but um, a truly memorable night. And then one thing that I have to remind myself, even though I've done this before, is a normal game, you're going to talk to like maybe – I don't know, eight to 12 guys in the locker room uh, that you feel are like, you know, pretty significant towards the story of that game. It gets a little bit bigger, obviously, in the postseason, uh, depending on like the storylines and obviously the, you know, the 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 players that you can't foresee uh, having a, you know, huge significance on the game's outcome, whether a team season ends or extended. When the team wins the Super Bowl, you got to talk to everybody. And so... Uh, it was it was it was fascinating to know that that's the end of Chad Heaney's career. <laughs> um, it's quite telling that the players wanted reporters to interview Eric Bieniemy because they really felt like I mean timing is everything in life, but they really felt like between Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Matt Nagy. They they put together a just dream of a of a game plan 
in particularly, obviously, making the adjustments in the second half. And so, obviously, they wanted to give the enemy his credit. Um, so, it was a wild night. It was a late night. Um, but I'm happy that um, when I actually did get onto the field, it was like, I can guarantee people we're going to have more confetti this time than last year. And it was very cool that even some people reached out on Twitter and said, hey, man, you got the hey, hey, dog, you got that confetti? Hey, I know you got a job to do. I know you do that little writing on the side, but you got something for me? <laughs> and this is when we announced yeah, that yeah. Nate will be selling confetti for $100 per piece. It's a re- look, it's a reasonable price tag, and uh, you can go ahead and Venmo him right now. Hey, I, I just, I, I know... Like I know, I know, uh, I know. There's a lot of people on the field. I know, I know. Like you know, you gotta do your thing. But like, hey man, I'm just saying. Like, you know, what you got for me? And hopefully this time around it'll be a little bit smoother, and um, people will obviously. It, it's it's again, it's cool that people want this from us. It's obviously a souvenir that we, uh, you know, think is pretty cool to obviously connect us. Um, from where we are to obviously Chiefs fans and look, it's a, it's a reward for dealing with this ridiculously, hopefully insightful and entertaining show throughout most of the season. <laughs> maybe, maybe, it's sort maybe, of the payoff, isn't it? Maybe. It's like, look, if you get through like the first uh, 51 episodes of this yeah. show, episode 52, you might get a cool, you might get a cool. Uh, right, right. You know, just for, just for listening to us talk about your favorite football team. Uh, Seth, Nate already gave us a really easy segue into what you wrote about last night, but I don't want to, to, to force you to jump in there just yet, uh, because I'm really curious as to how you processed another Super Bowl win. Because so far, everyone who I've talked to, it's all been different than the win over the Niners, but I don't think anyone said that it's been like less gratifying. It's just fascinating to look around and and see where people are at. So we go live right now to 1998, where Seth Kaiser is using a microphone he found in a cereal box. Seth, how are you feeling? (laughs) You know, I just, I give, and I give, and I give, and just, just, just to get hurt over and over. Um, The second Super Bowl, and I don't mean the second one uh, in history, which is when this mic was made. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the the first thing that I wrote in the article I wrote after the game was, I didn't cry this time. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as emotional for me. I was, I, I think the, uh, the, the, with them winning the first one, it's just like such a damn bursting you know, like, it's just such a, like, you didn't really think it could ever actually happen. And that's what made that different. And I think that's probably always going to be a little more special in that sense. In that, like, you, I really, I didn't realize until that moment when I, you know, sank to the floor crying that day, um, that I really didn't believe it could happen. Like, no matter how great I knew Mahomes was, you know what I mean? Like, I knew the reasons objectively it should, but I, I really, really didn't deep down believe that it could i believed that something bad was always waiting there was always a monster at the end of the book um so this time it wasn't as emotional but it was still it was so gratifying and the thing that i just kept thinking about though was like history and the legacy stuff that this game affects because that's one thing that everyone would talked about before the game was like you know one game shouldn't really be like all about legacy but you know when that one game is a super bowl well you know it really does and so for me it was just uh a relief that i don't think i have to worry about having to explain for the next you know, three decades, um, how great Andy Reid is or how great Patrick Mahomes is or how great Travis Kelsey is or how great Chris Jones is because two Super Bowls, one Super Bowl is obviously incredible, right? And that that you separate players into Super Bowl winners and non-winners. That's just how it works. Fair or not fair, you know? Like, that's one of the first things anyone talks about with Dan Marino, who, before Patrick Mahomes, maybe arguably played the quarterback position better than anyone ever. Um, but he never won a Super Bowl. 
And that's just how it works. Um, but winning, so it's incredible to win one. To win two in a four-year span, now you can start talking about like best four-year spans in NFL history. Now you can start talking about the Chiefs from like a historical context. And I, that just made me intensely happy for a bunch of people who, at least professionally, you know, I don't know any of these guys personally, but professionally have earned it. And that was just super satisfying. And plus, and now I can say it, man, I don't like Eagles fans. Oh, I, really? And I, I, yeah, well, and I'm from Minnesota. You got to understand. So there's a lot of people that like went to that conference championship game in Philly that like had stuff thrown at them. And like, I mean, just all kinds of horrible stuff. Um, that, you know, Cincinnati Bengals fans lied and pretended happened to them at Arrowhead that 100% didn't. But <laughs> it, and you know what? Maybe it did happen to like one person. I doubt it, but whatever. But in Philly, I mean, people I would trust with my life were like, yeah, I've never been treated like that anywhere, ever. Like, not just at a sporting event, but whatever. And then to boo the Walter Payton Man of the Year <laughs> Award winner, it was, it's funny, but it's also like, Come on, you know, like really, like, you know, and so I just didn't want, I really like the Eagles, actually. I have a lot of respect for that team. I really like them a lot. And I understand that every fan base has its jerks and malcontents, hmm. you know, maybe I'm one of them, you know, in the <laughs> Chiefs fan base, but man, that made me happy. I was like, yes. So it, it just, it was more of like a – it was just as gratifying. It wasn't as emotional, and it was more just like now I can just bask in everyone knows, except people you know, living in denial about whether or not a blatant hold – that that prevented a touchdown should be called because it's the final two minutes of the game. Other than those people, everyone knows now. You know what I mean? And like all that pressure to like try to explain to people why Andy Reid is great or why Patrick Mahomes is great. It's largely gone. And you know what? That's nice. Yeah. Um, it- sh- should I should I acknowledge like the second level to the to the holding penalty? Yeah, let's I, I was gonna see if we wanted to just go ahead and get out of the way here, because personally I'd like to spend as little brain power on it as possible. Um, my my addition before you take it to the next level, Nate, is that um, Juju Smith Schuster and James Bradbury after the game both said it was a hold, and that's all I've got. What do you, yeah. what do you have, Nate? The literal people involved, including the corner on whom it was called. And I, I'm sorry, I want to hear what Nate has to say on this, but this is also, hey, TV broadcasters, the replays you show matters. So when you just show a guy put his hand on someone's back rather than showing a split second earlier when he tugged him at the stem of the route, when he tugged his jersey and slowed him down and helped propel himself back to chase him, you know, basically prevented himself from losing on the whip route. Show the right moment if you're going to claim to be showing it because it affects how millions of people view a game. Like all those screenshots that wasn't the right moment. It's like, yeah, because the TV didn't show it to you. Anyway, that that's just... You have a responsibility, broadcasters. Um, Good take. Here's here's my here's my next level to all this, all of which is is totally correct. Um, you know, obviously we had a pool report, um, as is the case, and, and Mike Sando even wrote about this in his in his piece. But like, you know, the referees are going to stand by their call, whether you agree with it or not, is standard procedure. But hey, we gave you an opportunity to explain why you think it was a holding call, which is pretty much what everything Seth just said. Um, it was James. It was James Bradbury. Is that is that correct, Josh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the the second level to this that I'm not sure people have thought about is um, how 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 else is he supposed to cover Juju Smith Schuster in that moment? He's Cause, not because because yeah. when you watch the game, in particular in the fourth quarter, no one on the Eagles could cover Juju Smith Schuster. Hmm. That's curious. So. If the corner says, I need to take the first route away, and as we will discuss, Chiefs are like, what if we add something else to what you initially see? Um, how is he supposed to cover him? He, like, you know, 
when you think about it from the DB's perspective, it's like he feels he's at a disadvantage. It's a sophisticated route that he did not anticipate or didn't have a process of like elimination that sort of led him to be prepared for that. So how how is he supposed to cover Juju? Because Juju ran perfect routes in the fourth quarter. So do you want him, do you want him to give up a touchdown? Personally, or do you or do you, or do you want to hold him? You right, know? and that's that's such an interesting thing to point out, and and it makes me want to like. So a lot of people are their point is what a boring way for a great game to end. And I, I think that's kind of that. valid. I think kneeling it out and kicking the field goal at the end is yeah. is a very is a very kind of whimper way to end an outrageously good game. I think that's reasonable. for sure. And that's <clears throat> you know so like my memory of that drive, the biggest memory of that will be obviously Mahomes' scramble, which was, I mean that's an iconic moment. It was absolutely incredible. <clears throat> Don't mind me, just getting old. So. <laughs> The the big thing that I keep asking people, and maybe I tweeted this out earlier. I don't think I did because I just don't want to talk about it today that much. Would people rather the Super Bowl end on a play on a penalty that gets called, like largely end, or would they rather the Super Bowl swing, like let's use swing instead of end? Would you rather see the Super Bowl swing because of a penalty that's ignored? Because there's a reason why holding is a penalty, and there's a reason why tugging the jersey when a receiver is making their cut, especially on that particular, like that exact moment, right? That whip route where you're faking inside and coming outside. It wasn't a pure whip route because he's heading towards the end zone. That right there, the reason that jersey tug is so important is because it doesn't just slow down Smith Schuster. It helps the corner recover his bounce. Physics, right? And so that's why it's not allowed because you got beat and it's allowing you to prevent that. It's like like when people are like, ah, at that point in the game, though, okay, so in theory, should the Chiefs offensive line just been able to bear hug their defenders and tackle them to the ground and wrap their arms and legs around them? Because the last two minutes of the game, we don't want a penalty to decide it, right? You know, should should one of the defensive backs been able to, I don't know, pull out a pistol and shoot Travis Kelsey? Because the last two minutes of the game, you know, don't want a penalty to decide it. Oh, I'm just over here shiving him. Just let him, like, just let him play, Seth. Just let him play. Yeah, well, yeah, that's just. Can you and please let the I, players and the weapons in their socks decide the game, please? Well, and that's, and that's what I mean. Like, it's like this idea that, well, okay, no, I don't want refs deciding games either. But I don't want penalties deciding games. And either way, the penalty would have decided the game. It's just whether it was called or not and really in theory there Bradbury should have been coached up to for one he was left on an island against a really tough route to cover on your own and two and I've seen some people mention this and I think it's the correct take his defensive coordinator should have told him if all of them if you lose on your route do not hold a touchdown is not the worst thing that can happen to us Correct. Mm-hmm. A, f- a first down is Correct. because that ball and you can even see it that that half second juju got held up that's a touchdown and you know what then they get the ball back with a couple timeouts left and a minute and a half to go or whatever okay let's see what happens now with the way the chiefs were forcing them to earn every single third down and man was jalen hurts earning every one of them do i think they would have marched down and scored i don't think so in that amount of time, but it's hard to say. <laughs> like, yeah. but I, I, it, it just it would have swung the game either way. And what you're asking for is for the game to be swung in the incorrect way, and that makes no sense. Well, what what this really informs us, and and for Chiefs fans, I want them to understand. Like, this is how great your team was last night. You you, as we sort of projected last week, would the Chiefs be talented? and well-coached enough to put the Eagles in adverse situations that they had not been in Mm -hmm. prior to their postseason run. Again, it is the most Disney-like Mighty Ducks. (laughs) Oh, I guess we played, what was it, the Sharks? I guess we just played the Sharks now. And it's like, no, the Sharks are the Chiefs, man. (laughs) Yeah. Daniel Jones is not playing quarterback today, okay? (laughs) Um, So what what this means is, is that, like, the Eagles were put in a situation where I thought it would mean more of a negative effect on the offense. I thought, well, wow, you know, the offense has played in such a, you know, uh, positive script in such a way that they can sort of, you know, 
set the tempo and then obviously just really bludgeon teams that I thought, hey, if you put them in a difficult situation or or more of a tight game in the fourth quarter, I thought it would have more of a negative effect on the on the offense. It actually turns out it was more of a negative on the defense. And so for for James Bradbury, for Darius Slay, they had to cover nobody for three seconds when it really mattered all year. Because yep. cause the pass rush always got there. Or the pass yep. rush always got the quarterback off his initial read. Or the pass rush forced the quarterback to do wild things that is unnormal to what they actually do in terms of an operation of running an NFL offense. But then what the, if it the, didn't? Then that's what they found out. Yeah. And so you can run these nice routes when, yeah, we're just going to hold up. Or our quarterback is going to be mobile enough to make every correct decision on every play. Oh, my gosh. For 30 minutes in the most important, consequential 30 minutes of the season. Um, Yep. So if, if if the bear front doesn't work or if... You know, we can't get pressure on the quarterback because we're playing an offensive line that is comparable to our own. It it, it puts everybody in a bind. The pass rush really influenced the corners. Should I say these? Should I say these guys' names out loud? I mean, they're on the field. Um, should I, should I do it, Seth? Yeah, you shall hundred percent should do it. <sighs> T.J. Edwards. Oh, it was a, it was a it was a long day. <laughs> it was Travis long, Kelsey just long. Day. <laughs> Poor guy. Patrick Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, was it a long day? <laughs> the things they did to these linebackers <laughs> is it's menacing. Um, the high lows, the jet sweeps, obviously the motion, the gap that you know they did more pulling. Um, then I, then I think the chiefs normally do in the run game. And obviously now you got to come and like try to tackle Isaiah Pacheco when you've informed Isaiah Pacheco, there's no more tomorrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know Pacheco had another gear. That yeah. dude, like he was just like, oh my goodness. That guy just runs like a maniac. Yeah. And briefly, briefly, he did get hit by an industrial wrecking ball, and then two oh, plays yeah. later, he was moving like an industrial wrecking ball again. Yeah, Incredible. yeah, yeah. CJ was like, "Didn't I just tackle you? Hey, I thought <laughs> I killed you a second ago. Did you not turn into vapor?" And, and hey, you got it, stronger. What? Yeah, yeah. And C, to CJ's credit, that was an incredible it tackle. A, it wasn't a game-saving tackle, but it could have been. Like yes. that was that was some heroic stuff. Like. Terrific tackle, but you 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 raised some some really good points. I, I, let me distill this. Here's you know if you want to you know the penalty thing we've dealt with it, but also you want to know what really happened in this game. What really happened in this game is second half, Chiefs drives, touchdown, 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 field goal, and the only reason it's a field goal instead of a touchdown is because they chose that because. Jarek McKinnon, after scaring the daylights out of everyone in my living room, and I assume, like, everyone watching the game who was cheering for the Chiefs, you could hear it in Greg Olson's voice. He's got to get down! Like, he just, like, <laughs> panicked. And, it, and you could, like, hear it in his voice. That was a really nice moment. Like, hearing him, like, oh, no, 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 Like, because everyone in my living room was the same way. Yeah. And that's the only reason that wasn't a touchdown. And then on the Eagles side of things, these these first two drives of the second half, field goal and punt. Yep. And that was it. That was all that that that's what decided the game. Is that in the second half, the Chiefs offense was completely unstoppable and the Eagles offense was really good. That was the difference. Like the, you know what I mean? Like the difference between completely unstoppable and really good. And that's what happened. And that's why it was a great game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And the, the Eagles really were like just outrageous. Jalen Hurts was unfathomable for stretches of that game. Like anytime he started moving his legs forward, I just cursed and then wrote down, you know, 14 yard run, which it felt like it was all the time, even though it wasn't quite that bad always. But uh, and, and then the dimes down the field, I mean, were just just outrageous. Sometimes there, I mean, Trent McDuffie had a rough rep on AJ Brown early on. Yep. And then there are other times where just those dudes are making incredible plays. Dallas Goddard was yeah. It's like this. You mentioned Leo yeah. Chanel just like, hey, sprint, man. Or play a perfect rep in coverage and yeah. allow the completion? What the bleep? Are they? Are you allowed <laughs> to do that? Are you kidding? <laughs> like, that's the part of this game that just rules so much to me. Yeah. Is that you really saw these two teams at their full power just bash heads on all three sides of the ball for 60 minutes. And then the Chiefs won it by a hair. I just... It was a it was a fabulous game. Yeah, people should be celebrating this. This was they were clearly the two best teams in the league. Now, maybe the only team that you could maybe doubt would be like San Francisco if they had a quarterback. That's the only mm. team that can really be in the conversation for we should have been there. Like since he's not winning that game. I would the say Bills, the two teams that it could have been would be the 49ers if they had a quarterback and Cincinnati if they had a mayor. <laughs> and Cincinnati, if Patrick Mahomes had not sewn his ankle back on and said, there's literally no way I am losing this game. Which, by the way, I mean, sh- oh, does that segue us to Patrick Mahomes? Sure. Feel free. Feel free. You, I have – so, like, I, there's so many different ways to think about this. Um, statistically, I think we've become kind of – inoculated to what Patrick Mahomes does. But the biggest thing that stood out to me, like, and and, and it's easy to get deep into the weeds with some of this stuff. So I'm not going to get too deep into it. But if you look at um, success rate, which all that means is a positive expected points added play, meaning it made you more likely to score. So like a four yard, a four yard run might not be a positive EPA play because it actually sets you a little farther behind. You know what I mean? Like that's, so that's how I try to explain. And and especially a, a four yard run on third and 12 definitely doesn't for first and 10 might be, but yeah. Or even second and 10, a four yard run isn't necessarily a positive play. His, he had like no negative plays. And so one of my favorite stats, if you're going to just look at stats, QBR isn't bad. It kind of it at least throws things together. It's still a team nah, offense stat. No, nah, this 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 one is the exception. This is, uh, I it's on a scale to a hundred. Yeah, and his QBR was ninety six point four. I've never even seen something like that. Like I'm sure they're out there, but in the Super Bowl against. A really, 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 really good defense. And and we'll talk about Andy Reid. That's who I wrote about. Mm -hmm. But Mahomes just, like, I I can't think of a bad play he made 
during um, a 60-minute football game against a really great defense with the Super Bowl on the line. Like, that second half, he just was like, well, I guess I can't make any mistakes because we need to score every time we touch the ball. And then they just did it. Yep. I, it was it, it was it was the great throws, the the creative plays, that scramble after he got hurt. Like I thought it was over. Like I, I don't mind saying it. Like when he got hurt before the end of the first half, I was like, oh. It, it was the most. It was the most we've seen him react to the injury at any point, yeah. right, Nate? I mean, that is that. Yes. Am I reading yeah, that right? Yeah, yeah. Being there. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, um, you know, the only time before this, um, which is funny because I I know how this story ends, but. In the 2020 season, this is the only other time where I remember Patrick um, visibly expressing like anguish, pain, and like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't feel safe out here. Mm. Um, was when he got absolutely crunched by the New Orleans Saints, notably oh, yeah. when Andrew Wiley was starting to play right tackle mm. um, because of the injury situations at the tackle position. Um, obviously, he was like wheezing on the sideline in New Orleans. And on the next drive, he led them to a touchdown. And <laughs> they won the game. And <laughs> he didn't make a mistake after that. Kind of to yeah. what Seth said earlier. Um, that was against the New Orleans Saints where, hey, I think they're in the play. They're, yeah, they're in the playoffs in 2020. Yeah, they're a legitimate team. Um, no, their defense was terrific. Yeah, yeah. So, again, um, Seth, after aggravating his ankle after trying to not be distracted by Rihanna um, <laughs> and trying to motivate his teammates. And obviously how many ibuprofen pills can we give you legally? Um, <laughs> is is 10,000 milligrams too much? Too much, uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> like you can still like bodily fluids are going to be fine. Right. Um, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was funny that, Patrick made it very clear. No, I did not receive a pain killing injection. And then my immediate thought was, "How many ibuprofens, homie?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's specificity of language matters. Yes. So, in the second <clears throat> half, of course, thirteen for fourteen. Everybody knows the one incompletion is on some just absolute bull bleep because <laughs> we gonna score anyway <laughs> of a trick play. Obviously, it's two touchdown passes. It's no mistakes. It's no negative plays, as you guys have mentioned. Um, he had a again of of out of one hundred, and I'm assuming the point six is the just like meaningless incompletion. But anyway, out of a hundred in the second half, Patrick Mahomes had a ninety nine point four QBR. Ninety. It is the highest. Of any half of any playoff game since 2006. And I know, ladies and gentlemen, you're asking me, oh, Nate, who broke the who broke the model in 2006? Shh. That's when the model came out. Oh, no, Seth, I think he whispered too quiet for Zoom to pick it up, so I still don't know the answer. I don't either. Okay, my bad. Shh, shh. Hush, little girl. The model came out in 2006. Ain't nobody uh, broke it. He broke it. <laughs> he broke the model. That, that was that was worth that was worth the double take. That was. I hope everyone who heard the joke twice thought it was just as funny the second time as we did. He he Man. Broke, like like we set up this model. We said, hey, this is how you can evaluate quarterbacks on a more advanced level. And then he broke the advanced metric. That's 99.4. What do you want him to do? What do you want him to do? Um, real quick. I didn't hear a syllable of that. <laughs> real quick. Um, in 2019, the Jet Chip Wafts, that was, in my brain, the equivalent to Steph Curry making a 35-footer. Yeah, I love and, that call. And then never missing. Yeah. Like, he, he got into a rhythm against the 49ers, and obviously the play calling matched the moments, but he got into a rhythm, and he stayed in, like, NBA gym, like, the hottest of hots, okay, to end that game. What we saw last night with a high ankle sprain that was re-aggravated 
against, look, the best pass rush in football for this calendar year. He went out there and became Michael Jordan of circa 1992-1993. Yeah. Like that whole, like, you are just playing at a level that is just impossible yes. to to match. I, I I don't know, man. Like, I, Josh, I'm curious because I, what I want to do is, like, change the subject to read. But I'm curious because, Josh, you're so much more eloquent than I am. I Like, I'm curious, like, because normally when you talk about someone like this, you're exaggerating a little. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, it's just unbelievable. It's like, well, is it really unbelievable? Is it really unique? Which is a little pedantic, but is, I mean, usually correct. I don't, I think it really is kind of unbelievable. Yeah, and the issue with that that I do think is is arising is that it makes him so impossibly difficult to put into context that we start to lose our our point of focus, right? Like all of a sudden, we're just looking at the sky and saying, what do you think the distance is from there to there? Like, well, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. There's not a cloud. There's not a star. There's not a bird. I don't have, it could be a million miles or seven inches. I cannot tell. And and I think Mahomes is in that territory where we are already comparing him to Steph Curry, which we've been doing for a while. And this year it's been Michael Jordan comps and it's continuing obviously all the way through this championship. And it, maybe it's one of the reasons that we end up going to the stats and to the rings and to so many other things that do put there, something, it gives you some form of metric where you can compare someone else to. But it's like all of the advanced stat charts where there's just a bunch of great quarterbacks in a line that generally goes from not a very good quarterback in the bottom left and then better and better quarterbacks up to the top right corner. And then an orbit away is a red dot that says P Mahomes. You go, well, that I don't. So you're saying he's like, he's like better than Kurt Warner by the amount that Kurt Warner was better than like Damon Heward. I don't know what to do with that. I don't. Yeah. There's not room there's, in here for that. You run out of frames of references. Like what I try to tell people, it's like, well, what is he? What's his comp? Is he like Peyton Manning? Is he like Tom Brady? Is he like Aaron Rodgers? Is he like Brett Favre? And the best I can think of, and I, I swear, I think this is true, that he is like if you took absolute apex Brett Favre and absolute apex Alex Smith. It's like Alex Smith. (laughs) Yes, because he never makes mistakes. And say what you will about Alex Smith. When he was playing at his absolute best, the man never messed up. He just, he never made mistakes. He never, and he also, his teammates loved him. He did everything correct and was tough as crap. Like, I mean, those things like, that like those that, that really is the comparison to me and you have to use kind of a wonky pair of players cuz what someone would say is you can't have someone who's both Alex Smith and Brett Favre right that's the reason i use those two cuz though their play styles are inherently contradictory except he's managed to do it and that's it's not just uh statistically what he's doing it's stylistically it just seems it's it's like an improved Aaron peak Aaron Rodgers yeah and I I after like seriously when I used to go back and look at like 2011 film when I started to know a little more what I was watching I genuinely didn't think that it was possible to play quarterback better than that yeah and and he's he's doing it and it's bizarre to watch and that's the thing like everyone who watches him they come away impressed by something different. My boss, whenever he watches him, he always talks to me and says, like, he never makes a mistake. It's like it happens like maybe once in like 30 snaps. He might like throw something off target. And you're like, whoa, what happened? But then you watch other quarterbacks, like great ones, and you're like, oh, that happens five times a game. And it's just snap after snap after snap. He's like a machine and an artist simultaneously. He's Yeah, oh, I love that. He, it'd be like if someone said, oh, he plays football exactly like a, a combination of Joe Tooney and, and Trey Smith. <laughs> like, what? I don't know. It's just it's impossible. It, it also it, is funny that it has to be in a team sport, which is yes. going to always make it hard to evaluate him because he does depend on the guys around him. Because if it's an individual sport, He's Serena Williams. Like, it's just, you go, oh, oh, she broke it. She, oh, she broke the sport. Guys, sorry, we got to pause tennis and then figure out what the bleep to do with this. Because tennis is done. She just speed ran tennis. Like, 
I, that's there's a tennis reference for you. Nate. I, yes, how about yes. that? So, did anybody get that on the Super Bowl prop sheet? Josh makes the first Serena Williams slash tennis reference in Times Ours. <laughs> who, who, who I had to be informed was in commercials last night. Yes, she was. What? Uh, I just want to remind people on June 16th, uh, 1993, in game four of the NBA Finals, the Chicago Bulls defeated the Phoenix Suns, then led by Charles Barkley. All right. 111 I mean... to 105. Yep. Michael Jordan scored 55 points. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's the one. And, and Jalen Hurts was just Charles Barkley, by the way. Like, yeah. He was yeah. like an all time great performance. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like, there, there's one play in this game where the Suns are like, he, we, we got to get the ball out of his hands. Dan Marley, <laughs> fly to him. Charles Barkley, be ready for, be ready for him to come into the paint. Okay. KJ, stop looking at BJ Armstrong. <laughs> Do your job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, Look, and, John Paxson isn't going to be the one to hurt. Oh, no. No, no. Well, that, well that's, that's, that's two games later. But, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he knifes through a double team, hangs in the air, and makes one of the greatest and one shots you will have ever seen of that era of basketball. And it's, and it's to your point, Josh. It's like, yeah, he, it's like, oh, so you're telling me you can't, you can't, you can't see when she tosses the ball that it's going to go down the tier out wide. How, yep. how, how am I supposed to return to serve? Yeah. How? Yeah. Yeah. How? Yeah. What am I supposed to do about well, this? No, no. Well, her toss is perfect. Her toss is literally the most exquisitely perfect thing in, in women's tennis. It's like, no, I can't really tell if she's going down the ladder at my throat. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that you you brought up that comparison that that ninety three finals because Charles Barkley had a great quote about that finals where he, and, and this was years later, he said the only time I ever felt like I wasn't the best basketball player on the floor. Now see, Josh, you don't know this because for you, Charles Barkley is a dude who says funny things. I'm also, I'm also TNT. a long suffering Suns fan. So I've got a little oh, bit yeah. of this. Yeah. The man was a force of nature yeah. with 76ers in the Suns. This man. Yeah. The dude Dan, was, the, 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 yeah, yeah, that was bad. Uh, hey, we're gonna compare Dan Marley to MJ and then have him guard him. Oh gosh! After, after, after he after he smoldered, Clyde Drexler. Yeah, who is like twice the player Dan Marley is. But anyway, so Charles Barkley was like a six foot six dude who dominated the boards. He made no sense. Like it's like Zion Williamson before Zion Williamson was Zion Williamson. So. Barkley, he, his quote was, the only time I didn't feel like the best player on the floor was during those finals. And he, he na- named his stats from that game. He was like, he, it was like 40, 15, 10, and 5 or something crazy. And he said, and Michael Jordan would not let me win. He said, and I remember looking at him thinking, man, he's better than me. So, so you're telling me the one time the Eagles are like, we did it, boys. Yeah. We got him. All right. It's man coverage. We are sticking the hips. We we got a little bit like the pocket is not comfortable. We got him. We got him. How is he still running? Wait, wait. I thought he was. <laughs> he can still do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was broken. Be- because nobody. I was told there would be no scrambling, yes. sir. And yes. you know what? It really- I- this helpless. isn't an official. This isn't an official uh, bingo card spot. But if if I get to suggest one for a future version, this is going to be one. I want to go ahead and check it off for people because I I do think it's legit. You you can't go to Madden for this comparison. It is genuinely like the greatest video game ever created by mankind. NFL Street Two, specifically on the GameCube, ooh, where ooh, by ooh, the ooh. time you have one player, like I would I would play. I play this game so much to the <laughs> point where like you start with a quarterback and by the end he's maxed out and like. Almost every stat, you know, it, it is just to the point where every throw is a dart or a 90 yard bomb. It doesn't matter. You're running constantly and it just, it eventually gets to the point where you're like, well, I, I guess I should start over because this, I, like, I feel like I'm being mean to computers right now because it's, <laughs> it, it doesn't, it doesn't, none of it matters anymore. Everything is just too automatic. It's too good. You need to be able to turn the difficulty up. That it feels like Patrick Mahomes is ready to turn the difficulty up on himself. I hope he does it because this is fun. But that's that's what it feels like. And, and then yep. you give Doug Peterson the ability to be like, "Have y'all thought about this?" And Eric Benjamin's like, oh. "Oh, oh yeah, I'm gonna show it. Don't worry, don't worry, Doug. Don't worry." Okay, Doug. coach, coach, talk time. Nate, tell that oh. story, and then Seth, dive in, baby, because this. And also, real quick, PSA. 
Um, we're going to have another episode late in the week, probably sometime on Friday. Uh, no games to preview, you know, but we're going to we're going to do two episodes on this, which also means time for all of us to rewatch the game and go through all sorts of different stuff. So if you're going, oh, boy, they haven't talked about the offensive line, perhaps we will. It'll just probably be in Friday's episode. And also maybe we'll even take some some questions for individual things. But we yeah. will have another episode uh, at the end of this week. So we're not going to get to every single thing. Let's talk about the coaching. Um, I said Trey Smith had to have a great game. Guess what, y'all? He had he had a great game. Um. So Doug Peterson, um, back when the Jags weren't even really the Jags, he was just like sort of experimenting, um, trying to make things easier for his quarterback. You know, hey, let's do some jet motion. And then they actually ran this play or a version of this play, I should say, against the Chiefs to to actually good success. Um, so I, I wondered too if like <laughs> the Chiefs were like, hey, that's a good play. We should we should like, you know, we should take that. But basically <laughs> the Eagles don't have the fastest corners, right? Uh, they are not running four threes. So anytime you go across the formation, anytime you go across their face, um, they are booking it because they don't want to be out leveraged on the other side of the formation. Well, if you know that information, you can weaponize that to your advantage. And this is how Kadarius Tony was wide open for an easy touchdown. And then on literally the next series, the Eagles do not make an adjustment or have the cornerbacks account for something. Um, I also thought it was quite cruel that Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid were like, "Why don't we have Sky Moore do it?" To the <laughs> but, but, but Mahomes, to the, Mahomes said Sky Moore went to the went to the wrong side. To the wrong side. Which, which, if y'all want to know why Sky Moore yeah, doesn't get as involved as you'd yeah. want. He he needs this offseason. Well, From everything I've seen, the coaching staff likes him, but yes. he'll figure that stuff out. God For bless what? him. He got his first touchdown in the Super Bowl. And hey, Kadarius Tony played like it was like six or eight uh, offensive snaps, and one of them was electric. Th- those guys just have some work to do. And that was a you're so right, Seth. That is the first thing I thought. I was like, you know what? Maybe next year he'll be out there in the right spot scoring touchdowns. <laughs> but what if Scott was was thinking at such a high level? <laughs> what if I be on the wrong side? Because coach, I want to do the I want to do the route on the other corner. Um, I'm now imagining Sky Moore with like one of those cartoon thought bubbles in, over yes. his head, and it's just Travis Kelsey's headshots. Like Sky, listen, man, you. You got a lot of great tools, but you're not that guy, pal. Yeah, let's let's not do this at, at this point. <laughs> um, no, the coaching, uh, which, speaking of all the things we need to talk about, I mean, Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, the linebackers, the offensive line, there's a lot to cover. I think we'll go more specific and yeah. less storylines and vibes on, on Friday right. is, my, is my guess. So, and, oh, and Travis Kelsey, especially, like, pointing at someone being open, which is the funniest oh, thing I've ever God, seen. Oh, my God, man. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that so we'll. I know we'll get to that. Like from the 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 five thousand feet in the air. I talked about this at the start. You have the the legacy stuff with Andy Reid. There's like what thirteen other coaches that have won multiple Super Bowls. Yes, the number the number of coaches that have done it with two different teams is much smaller. And the reason for that, generally speaking, is most coaches that have won two Super Bowls have won it like you know. Well, Andy Reid's been to Super Bowl two different teams. Let me just be clear. People are like, did he win one in Philly? Um, but the num- the number of the number of coaches that have been able to get to the Super Bowl with two different teams is much smaller than thirteen, because generally speaking, you get to the Super Bowl with a relatively similar roster or with the same quarterback or whatever. Andy Reid's been doing this since '99, and he is still, I think, sixty-four right now. Yes. He he took the best defense in the league. And we just talked about Mahomes. Mahomes was absolutely brilliant. And both things can be true. And you need to remember this. Mahomes was absolutely brilliant. And also Andy Reid just pantsed the, the Eagles defensive coordinator. Like it was just – it was bad. Like it was just uh, – uh, Ben Solak was tweeting about it mid-game. Who he does a great job with the X's and O's. And obviously he's an Eagles fan, so he was he was just like, oh man. You you, you tweet out some version of Reed found the crack in the armor and is just hammering it. And that's it's, what Reed it's did. Called, it's called the linebackers in high low, high low yep. concepts. Yep, and then their ability to understand how like their their switches. He he took their rules and broke them. With he had them running whip routes 
but they ran half the route before the snap. That's weird. That's that so is good. Weird. I want that to be an evolution, man. When you pointed that out on the replay, I was I was electric. Yeah, and, and it's just like, wait a minute, because what pre-snap corners are still communicating and switching, and so the guy's running over. Hey, hey, we're gonna be switching. Where's he going? Like what? Hey, they snapped the book. What? I mean, yeah. How do you get that wide open twice, <laughs> back to back tries? It's so funny to me. And I. And and I believe on the second one, Patrick calls out zero, 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 zero. Yeah. They are oh, zero blitzing. How do, you, how do you blitz Patrick Mahomes? Like, that's a whole other thing. Like, in the red zone. In the red zone. In <laughs> Not that the middle situation. of the field. Not the middle of yeah. the field. Not behind more, the sticks. In the red more zone. Could have, more could have barely run a route and he would have scored on that. But, like, that moment right there, I, I couldn't – I think I tweeted about that. I was like, how do you blitz? How do you send the house? Cause, against cause, Patrick cause, Mahomes because he's mentally frustrated and um, nothing, that's true. Nothing else has worked. Um, that that's a really good point. Ain't no zone work. We ain't getting home. Yep. Oh, they gonna score time. anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We might as well see if we can make a play. Yeah. And that's why before the game, um, uh, some of the some of my family that I was watching with, um, we talked a little bit about it, and I, I said I I just don't see the Eagles blitzing a lot, just because. And I said this during appearances, stuff, just because the, Mahomes has been shredding blitzes for two years, and I I do think that's a really good point, Nate. It was late in the game, nothing was working, so you just start throwing mud at the wall and seeing, hoping something sticks or you at least make a play on your own. Um, but uh, Andy Reid was just he as as great as Mahomes was. Andy Reid was about as good in that second half. The the run game. Andy Reid, you no, no, no. son no, no, of a no. god. No, 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 no. We he did it, y'all. He did it. He who, did who, it. Who am I talking? He, to? Who am I talking about, Josh? He did it for y'all. For y'all. <laughs> he did it. Who am I talking about, Josh? I hate when I'm not ready for the pop quiz. It's the worst feeling in the world. I was Googling to see how much older Pete Carroll was than Andy Reid. The answer is six and a half years. Yeah. It's good wild. Lord. It's, yeah. Pete, Pete's, Pete's still doing a good job. But Bill Belichick but, is six years older than Andy yep. Reid, by the way. And and yeah. And Sorry that I wasn't ready amazing. for the pop quiz. I feel like a real Seth right now. Hey. I, just, I feel like a real piece of Seth right now, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Who, I'll, I'll give you one guess, but he did it for he did it for y'all. He 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 finally convinced this man down ten. We ain't got to do it like that no more, coach. Even with the world's greatest quarterback, Eric talked yeah, him did, into it. Did Eric, Eric Bieniemy finally talk him into Eric Bieniemy? Finally got home. He finally <laughs> he finally got home, y'all. And let listen, me just this this might be my last time over here with you. You know that, right? Here's my request. <laughs> hey, if I'm gonna take this Washington job, oh please, to, oh go, we Eric, be, we need please. to we need to be balanced. Don't take the Washington. No, don't take the Washington job. Okay, first three plays from scrimmage to start the third quarter. Yes, down ten. Yep. Right, Pacheco. Right tackle. Pacheco. Right in. McKinnon. Left tackle. Mm-hmm. That's how they got a first down. Hmm. They got into the red zone. Uh, short pass to McKinnon. We not messing around. Get a ball to Pacheco. One yard touchdown. Next drive. Literally the next drive. They're balanced yet again to run to pass. Always staying ahead of the chains. Never being behind on like these third and eight, third and nine situations. They ran the ball. Let me repeat this. They ran the ball more times in the second half, starting down 10, than they let Patrick freaking Mahomes throw the football. Crazy. That's huge. He and it, it wasn't. He and, did and, it. Yeah. And, and, and the great thing is they did it in a way that made sense. They they had an incredibly varied run game. Like if you would be like, oh, well, what concept were we leading on the second half? I'd be like, mm-hmm. Like it was like <laughs> it's like I don't know like what what are you looking for? Are you looking for sweeps where they're pulling they they pulled both guards to the left on a sweep while having Mike Burton erase the edge oh. from a look that they've only handed the ball off. I like they leaned so hard into concepts they've shown 
earlier in the year and then doing something else. They lined up McKinnon as an H-back and had him be the lead blocker crossing For the Pacheco! Line. Yes! For Pacheco! Yes! Like, and that's the great thing. Like, Shout out also to Andy Heck, I would assume, because not just because the O-line played as well as it did, but because he most offensive line coaches are the run game designers. Um, Shout out to him because they – I've never viewed the Chiefs as, oh, we've got a deep bag in terms of, like, run game concepts. It's the and most varied they, we've seen them look, right? I mean, Yes, ever? by far. They saved stuff for the Super Bowl. How arrogant do you have to be to <laughs> save? You're like, okay, can you imagine Andy all year? No, no, Eric, we'll get there. No, 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 we'll get there. <laughs> and they waited until the second half. Of the Super Bowl. And they dusted off so many things. And it worked so well. And I, I swear that we just watched Andy Reid level up again. Hmm. It's like, it's like, oh, wow, that worked really well. What if he just and, unlocked the run bag? Like that's Yeah, I know. Like, what if what if what if the world just taught what if Eric B. Enemy's lasting contribution to Kansas City, among many other things, is I convinced Andy Reid. That designing run plays is fun. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like Andy's like, I'm start. Maybe I'll start looking at some of those too. And it it, it was just Andy was on such a heater. And the whole and what I really like and one of the things I wrote about with him is every interview he did, you could not get him to shut up about everyone else who helped. Mm -hmm. And that man will never take credit for a single thing. And it's cool to hear like he is just such a great head coach because there are guys who are X's and O's guys and there are guys who are raw raw guys and, but he's not even like a raw raw guy he just consistently gets the best out of his players which is a huge job of the head coach that some coordinators stink at and that's why they're not good coaches like head coaches but he's also just this genius with X's and O's and it's just so cool and it's so it's even cooler to see him like when everyone's like, oh man, that run game. He's like, oh man, my assistant coaches are awesome. It's like, okay, <laughs> come on, man. And it's true. That, but like, this is why he keeps developing good coaches because he listens to them, empowers them, and he just does a good job IDing guys who have it. it it's so cool to watch. And he just, it, there's something fitting. I understand that, you know, Philly has given him a lot of respect since he left. And when they won the Super Bowl, like the Eagles tweeted something out about it. That's really nice. When he left, a lot of people had a lot to say about him. And it was really cool watching him just go like full, what is it, Super Saiyan Andy Reid on his old team. And every great thing about him that they might miss came out in one half. That was awesome. Incredible. We're at that hour mark, fellas. Um, I don't know if there's anything left for us to say. I feel like I've more or less been talking since uh, a little bit after the game wrapped <laughs> up. So um, I can't think of any new phrases that I haven't already said at some point. Uh, and if if we're good here, we'll, we'll come back again on Friday and talk a little more about the Kansas City Chiefs being Super Bowl champions once again. <sighs> we might do some look ahead. We might do some big picture. We might do some granular and really get into like the linebackers and the offensive line and stuff like that. Of course, the corners and the safeties deserve the conversation as does all of, i mean there's just this is the fun of it all we could talk about this game for a month and don't tempt me because we just might <laughs> yeah don't threaten me with a good time briscoe <laughs> uh with that being said nate do you want to uh I, well oh man we haven't gotten any rihanna takes from you yet I, that just hit me so oh. I, I thought you're either gonna go a rihanna outro or a confetti detail outro and yeah. i i need the other one i need the other one uh next uh, next episode at least yeah, yeah. Um, to wrap up Patrick Mahomes' postseason, I'm going to just do it by the numbers, y'all. He had 100 attempts in three games. He completed 72 of them for 703 yards, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, one turnover, three sacks. That all equated, those three sacks equated to 11 negative yards. His pass rating was 114.7. Man. Seven hundred and three yards, seven touchdowns, only one turnover, and only three sacks. It's so good. Unreal. 
That's impossibly good. Man, that, uh, uh, it, it's just impossibly good. Sorry. And uh, for the Rihanna, we'll get to that next week. But I will okay. say the I, I really enjoyed it. Um, like the acoustics in the stadium were like awesome, which I cannot say the same for J Lo and Shakira. There are other <laughs> things I can say about them that I that are completely complimentary to them, and I'm guessing you can figure out what those are. Um, you know, but the Rihanna concert was awesome. Um, it was just it was it was really fun. Um. And yeah, so obviously, if you made it this far, uh, thanks again. Yeah, they're waiting. <laughs> I know. We hey, uh, and if you fast, hey, if you fast forward to the end, we know <laughs> the metric. The metrics. Uh, I'm gonna get the analytics. Yeah, yeah. So this is our uh, Super Bowl Fifty Seven confetti. Uh, it is a form that you can fill out. Um, you know, grateful for my wife. I'm going to say the URL really slowly. It's a podcast. Um, People can rewind it. Yeah, but it's a tinyurl.com forward slash. And here's where it gets important um, because I'm assuming this was just created on its own, but it's. This is like four, a code breaker thing. Focus yeah, on everybody. Yeah, yeah. Tinyurl.com slash 482JJ3KY. Once again, if you want confetti, 482-JJ3-KY. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, the parade is on Wednesday. We'll give you some insights on that as well, probably on Friday. Um, but yeah, just um, the this is this is in my opinion. And I don't know what you guys feel like or if you want to wait till next week. Um I don't believe I'm a prisoner in the moment when it comes to this, but this is the greatest season in the franchise's history. No matter how you look at it, what they did in terms of retooling the roster, what the quarterback had to overcome in the postseason, um, the opponents they played, um, the outcomes of the games. Um, yeah, I think I think... I think when I look at it as objectively as I can, uh, I am informing Chiefs fans that they just watched the greatest season from beginning to end in the franchise's entire history. So, with that, um, we'll talk more about it next on Friday. <laughs>